Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bare man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. And now, the savvy traveler himself, Rudy Maxa. Welcome aboard. All of us here at Rudy Maxa's World hope you're having a lovely weekend. Delighted you joined us for a little traveling today. We spent the week putting together what I hope you'll find is an interesting roster of guests and travel information. But let me open by noting that this is National Hamburger Month, and it's not too soon to begin planning your trip to Seymour, Wisconsin this August. Seymour, by the way, is about a 15-minute drive from Green Bay. And what's happening in Seymour? Well, <laughs> so glad you asked. The Wisconsin town claims that in 1885, a local resident named Charles Negreen, also known as Hamburger Charlie, first began calling ground beef patties in a bun by the name Hamburger. No less an authority than the Wisconsin State Legislature has decreed Seymour the original home of the hamburger. And on the weekend of August 4th, Seymour hosts its annual hamburger festival that boasts the world's largest hamburger parade. Now, who'd want to miss that? Hardy's Thick Burger Eating Contest not to mention the grilling of a 150-pound burger. Vegetarians can take advantage of hot air balloon rides offered mornings and evenings. You can find more details at homeofthehamburger.org. Coming up this hour, we'll talk about American Airlines' attempt to grab back passes it sold years ago for more than a quarter of a million dollars each. Those passes allowed buyers a lifetime of unlimited first-class flying on American. Well, it turns out the airline's figured out it's losing lots of money on those passes, and we're going to hear from Ken Bessing. We're going to hear from Ken Bessinger, excuse me, a Los Angeles Times reporter, about what the airline is doing to try to cancel those flying privileges. And not only is this National Hamburger Month, but this weekend marks National Train Day, a holiday, though I'm not quite sure that's the right word for it, begun by Amtrak in 2008 to mark the completion of the first transcontinental railroad that was completed in 1869. Now, National Train Day falls on the closest Saturday to May 10th each year, so that's this weekend. Henry Fortunato is a train aficionado who began riding trains just for fun decades ago, and I've asked him to join us on this auspicious weekend to give us his opinion on how riding trains in the U.S. has changed in recent decades. And what should you do if you leave your iPad or cell phone on an airplane? Well, it happens all the time, but it's not often that owners are reunited with their property. Our friend Scott McCartney of the Wall Street Journal reveals the result of his investigation into the matter and recommends what you can do to better your odds of retrieving items you might have accidentally left on planes. I'll have a couple of deals of the week as well, but let's first take a quick look at the news and travel this week. U.S. Airways continues to bang the drum to merge with American Airlines. It's reorganizing under the protection of a bankruptcy court right now. While U.S. Airways has not made an offer, it's been huddling with unions from American to negotiate contracts that may never come to be. And U.S. Airways has made public overtures to Americans' creditors as well, suggesting U.S. Airways will give them a better shake than American will under bankruptcy court agreements. It's sort of a case of a smaller fish trying to swallow a whale. U.S. Airways has annual revenue of about $10 billion compared to Americans' more than $21 billion. America has twice as many as employees as U.S. Airways and flies twice as many revenue miles. But U.S. Airways seems undeterred. It's promising workers more gentle cuts in staffing and salaries. Now, the unions have three seats on Americans' board, and if U.S. Airways can convince two other board members to sit down and talk, Americans are not going to be able to ignore U.S. Airways' entreaties. Spirit Airlines is a regional airline, mainly in the south of the United States. It calls itself a low-fare airline, and it is 
as long as you don't have to check luggage or stow a carry-on bag in an overhead compartment on a flight. This week, Spirit raised the price it charged for carry-on bags that don't fit under the seat in front of you from $45 to as much as $100. Only one other airline, that would be Allegiant, charges for carry-on luggage. David Rowell is editor of the popular website called thetravelinsider.info. He keeps a sharp eye on airline fees and joins us from time to time. David, nice to have you back on the show. Hi, Rudy. All right. So what is your take on this decision by Spirit to nearly double its highest fee for a piece of carry-on luggage? $100 to carry on a bag with you, Rudy? <laughs> that, that's almost impossible to believe if it weren't true. I would say that is more than they charge for the airfare many times now. And it's more than they charge for a check bag, correct? Well, there's the crazy thing. Now, the good news is it's not always $100. That's just if they trap you at the gate and say, oh, I'm sorry, you, you haven't prepaid for that. If you prepay the, the fee, it can be $50, $40, $35, or if you belong to their special club and pay $60 a year, as low as 25 But in all cases, this carry-on bag where you're doing all the work yourself is costing more than if you check a bag and have them put loaded onto the plane for you and take it back to the luggage. Sack. Right, where they've got labor costs and truck costs and et cetera. What, uh, David, what, uh, how do they know that you've paid for that bag and, you know, you're not going to slip it up in that overhead rack instead of putting it in the seat in front of you? Very good question, which I'm sure many of the listeners are currently wondering. The way it works is, first of all, you can still take something on for free as long as you put it underneath the seat in front of you. Okay. If it's larger, though, and it has to go up into the overhead, then you prepay and you're given a boarding pass for the first set, the first zone one of people that go on the plane. And they know if you're in zone one, that means you've paid for your bag. If you're not in zone one and, hey, you've got a bag, then they can have a chat with you. So, so the flight attendants on board the plane are watching those people coming in zone two and thereafter and make sure they're not trying to slip a bag in the overhead, right? That's the way it works, yes. Okay, now what, I mean, is this a good idea, this a la carte pricing where you pay for what you use? I mean, d defenders of it say, hey, why should you have to pay for somebody, you know, checking a bag if you're not going to check one? So this is really more fair. Yes and no. I think there are three things to keep in mind when evaluating the fairness of this. Certainly the underlying concept before it's been distorted beyond all good sense that you pay for what you use, we all understand that. But it should be a fair charge, not an exploitive charge. But the next thing, and part of the reason that some airlines like these fees so much, is that it makes it harder to be an informed shopper. It's harder to compare. How much does this airfare cost compared to that airfare? If there are going to be all these fees, we need to be able to end up accurately understanding how much it's going to cost to fly. And the last thing is that... Uh, Surely some things still need to be included in the cost of the ticket. You know, it's like buying a car. You don't mind paying extra for the leather seats, but you expect the car to come with seats to start with, don't you? I think you're right. I think Spirit may have jumped the shark on this one, David. Absolutely. David Rowell is the editor of the popular website called thetravelinsider.info. Uh, if you would like to keep up with the travel industry, check it out. You can also sign up there to receive a free weekly newsletter. Thanks for joining us, David.
Uh, Spirit, by the way, did back down from one other unpopular move this week when an uproar greeted the news that the airline refused to refund the cost of a ticket purchased by a military vet who was dying and so he couldn't use that ticket. A Facebook petition to boycott Spirit collected 40,000 likes before Spirit's CEO announced it would refund the cost of the ticket and make a $5,000 contribution in the vet's name to a charity for disabled vets. But it hasn't backed down on those uh, overhead luggage charges. Back after these messages with a look... And another airline's attempt to make some money by revoking lifetime passes, it sold for a quarter of a million dollars or more years ago. Turns out American Airlines now regrets that decision. To participate in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. I believe I can do anything. So when it came to learning a new language, I knew I had to do it the way I learn. No books, no memorizing or translating. I wanted to learn the same way I learned my first language, naturally. That's why I chose Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone invites you to be a part of its biggest language learning event in history. Because in 2012, we want to help 3 million people learn a new language. That's why we're going to give you an absolutely free demo of our language immersion technology. To participate in this free nationwide event, just call 1-800-507-5898. Si yo puedo hacerlo, usted puede hacerlo. If I can do it, you can do it. To participate in this free nationwide event, call now for your free demo from Rosetta Stone. Call 1-800-507-5898. That's 1-800-507-5898. Did you know you could earn a transfer discount just by switching your motorcycle policy over to GEICO? And if you already insure your car with GEICO, you could even get a multi-policy discount. I've always wondered what it's like to ride a motorcycle, to ride my steel horse across the land, fighting crime alongside a tall brunette, Francesca. Sorry, my mind went to a strange place there. Where was I? All the Geico motorcycle discounts. Right. Call Geico or visit geico.com today to see how much our discounts could save you. Class, if you had over 1,000 hotels, plus hundreds of discounts on dining, shopping, entertainment, and more, what do you get? America's Best Value Inns. When you join our free value club with instant rewards, you get a 15% room discount, upgrade, and late checkout when available. Now that adds up to comfort and a great value, doesn't it? Sign up at americasbestvalueinn.com. With value right in our name, you know you're getting a great deal. Class dismissed. To join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World. Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's World. I'm your genial host. This portion of the segment is brought to you by the good folks at On Call International. We all know that sometimes the unexpected happens while traveling. If and when it does, you can protect yourself with a reasonably priced annual membership from On Call International. The company provides the best assistance you'll need during an unforeseen medical or travel emergency, even a situation, for example, such as social or political unrest at your destination. 
From unexpected illnesses to life-threatening accidents, delayed luggage, or legal woes, OnCall International gives you the help you'll need to return home or get back to enjoying your trip. More info at OnCallInternational.com or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Right there on the homepage, scroll on down and click on Sponsors. Most fascinating story this past week in the Los Angeles Times, and my next guest wrote it. He's a, a business writer, business reporter for the Los Angeles Times. His name is Ken Bensiger, and it's his first time on the show. Nice to have you here, Ken. Thanks so much for having me. Let me see if I can uh, summarize this and get right into the conversation with you. Um, way back in 1981, American Airlines began a program called AirPass, in which for $250,000 you were allowed to buy an AirPass that would give you free the, the rest of your life free first-class travel anytime you wanted on American. There were all kinds of other bennies. You know, you f collected frequent flyer miles. You could use the Admirals Club. Uh, another 150k. You could bring a companion along for a total of 400k. And some people signed up, and in 1990 they raised it uh, for two passes for Unicom Canyon to 600,000. 1993 they raised it to just over 1 million, and in 1994 the program ended. And apparently, I gather American has decided they're still losing money on these Air Pass passengers. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean they they made a decision that they were losing money on it. It's it, it kind of depends on your view of accounting, I think. Um, but uh, they had they got the money up front on these, and the idea was by getting the money up front, they were they were getting cash. At the time, it was hard to uh, get cash in the early 80s, as you and maybe some of your listeners may recall. Interest rates were extremely high, and borrowing money was was not easy for companies or individuals. And so they thought, well, we'll offer this program, we'll get a bunch of cash up front, and the marginal cost won't be that high since you know when we fly around, a lot of first class seats go empty anyhow. Uh, that was the thought at the time. Um, when they retired the program, or I should say when they stopped selling the tickets, I think they still had that concept and, and kind of uh, 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 sort of forgot about it. And then a few years ago, accountants at the company, which was having serious financial troubles, um, as I'm sure your listeners know, um, uh, sort of rediscovered um, the program from a financial point of view. And that, this time they saw no revenue coming in on these first-class seats, and they chalked that up as a big loss. And so from their point of view, they saw it instead of as, you know, holding up their end of the bargain, they decided that it was a financial drain on the company and, and put it in the, um, in the, you know, the red column on the accounting sheet. And the wonderful thing about your terrific piece was you found a couple flyers who were targeted by American executives and green eye shade folks um, uh, to have their passes taken away because they were misusing them. Describe to me what they considered misuse and what these folks were doing. Well, so um, the American bean counter, so to speak, um, started by, by looking at who was costing them the most or flying the most on their air passes. Um, and once they isolated some of those people, then they kind of worked backwards and decided could they find anything that those people had done that they felt was wrong and would justify canceling their passes. Um, and uh, uh, two of the people you mentioned, uh, there was three in the end who got their passes canceled. Two of them were, was a, were a gentleman in Dallas named Jacques Vroom, which is a heck of a name. Vroom is just, uh, you don't see that too often. And um, uh, he claims it's Dutch, by the way. And the other was Steve Rothstein, um, a guy from originally from Chicago who now lives in New York. Uh, and... Um, they claimed that Jacques Vroom was um, was selling his companion pass. That is to say, they claimed that he was taking money um, to let people uh, fly in that seat. To fly and as his as his companion, um, Ken. Correct. 
Okay, not and, fly in his name, though, under his name. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, he never did that, and, there was, and that was not accused. And that, would, that, that, that clearly was not allowed, and everyone will tell you, even the, the uh, AirPass customers will say they always knew they couldn't let someone fly in their name. But and the question was whether he was selling the companion pass. Um, and um, once they made this decision, they kind of set up a sting operation um, uh, in London and waited, sort of set a trap in London and waited for Jacques to fly there. Uh, where he was going to meet someone and take that person um, to back to the U.S. And um, and in London, they took Jacques, had no idea this was um, happening, got to London, didn't know he was under investigation, and someone met him there and told him he could never fly on American Airlines again and took away his pass. At the same time, his, his uh, companion, who he was supposed to meet there, had been detained by American security, and a former New York City police detective who worked in American security, had him in a room sort of interrogating him and threatening him um, to admit that he'd paid for the ticket. Uh, and this was a 24-year-old kid just out of college who vigorously denied um, the, the fact, and um, they ultimately uh, couldn't get him to, to confess to it. Uh, so then um, this was a bit of a problem because they, they, they were sure that he was doing it, and they had to, they felt like they had to prove it. And so they went in a couple-week campaign desperately trying to find anyone of his companions who admit to it. Um, and, and ultimately, for example, a guy in Dallas got his frequent flyer miles taken away by American, and they, they in email said, we'll give them back to you if you admit you paid for the ticket. Oh, my God. <laughs> my goodness. Um, a bunch of things like that. Um, and so ultimately what American did was they filed suit against him. Um, and um, uh, sort of as a vindication from their point of view, in the court discovery process, they did find a few people who uh, who claimed they had paid him for the seats. Um, interesting there, they claim that's, that's against the rules. And in fact, American has a rule against reselling its tickets. But as um, Vroom's attorneys point out, um, that rule was instituted about three or four years after Vroom signed his initial contract. Uh-huh. And if you read all the fine print in his contract, there's nothing against reselling a ticket whatsoever. He and others liken it to renting an apartment, having to move and deciding to sublet it, and checking the lease and seeing there's no rule against um, subletting. So that's, that's his point of view on that. Um, any, case, before sorry, before you go into the next case, has anyone triumphed yet? Has there been a final verdict on this one? No, so so Vroom, uh, Vroom countersued. Uh, this is all in Texas court, and um, that case uh, was was winding it through the way through the system. And it seemed actually as if it was leaning in Vroom's direction. The judge had made some rulings indicating that there was portions of the contract that um, wouldn't that didn't hold up under law, and that um, and that you know it looked like the American's case was weak. And then AMR, the parent company of American, filed for bankruptcy in November, and. Um, the rules of bankruptcy are that, are that most uh, suits against the company were put on hold, and that was the case with Vroom's suit. So those cases are now in limbo, waiting for the resolution of the bankruptcy. And does he have his air pass back? No, he does not. So, oh, my goodness. This so is incredible. You, let, let me just – I'm sorry. Go ahead. Again. I was going to say you could argue it's a win. Even if they end up losing you know, and right. he gets his pass back, it's a win for them because for all the time that they're in bankruptcy and everything else, he's not flying. Let me just tell our listeners, you're, you're listening to Ken Bensinger. He's a business reporter with the L.A. Times. Did a terrific story about frequent flyers who flew too much. Folks who years ago, decades ago, bought from American Airlines something called an air pass that allowed unlimited first-class flights for life. For a pretty steep uh, figure. But American has figured out they're really taking a bath with some of these folks who think nothing of flying over to London for lunch and 
back to the States that evening or that mor the next morning. Um, Ken, uh, we only have about two minutes left. I'm sorry to, we can't get into the second case, but has any decision come down regarding any of these flyers and who's right and who's wrong? Well, yeah, so we have to get in the second case to answer that, but I'll do it really quickly. Steve Rothstein, the other gentleman, um, they took it away for a different reason, and that went to, to court and was is, is sitting in a federal court. And the judge there last June made a ruling saying that, uh, that for American Airlines that was going to throw out this gentleman, Steve Rothstein's suit. And the ruling uh, suggested he committed fraud by booking empty seats next to him, using his companion pass to book an empty seat, um, and using a fraudulent name to do that. The name he picked was Bag, B-A-G, Bag Rothstein. And he argues that that was an intentionally, obviously phony name that airline personnel taught him to use so he could have extra space. Um, but that case, too, was going to be appealed and ended up in bankruptcy. In the bank, well, the bankruptcy ended up in limbo as well. So both both flyers are grounded, and there's no resolution for either of them, and um, uh, a lot of legal speculation of where it may end up, but no clear answers. Do we have any idea how many air pass passengers are still using that these days? Well, 66 total were sold, and about half of those were sold with a companion ticket. Okay. Um, and a few of them um, have passed away. And, and these three that I know of have, have had their passes taken away. So it's roughly about 60, 59 in that area still have a ticket or flying, although a few of those people are not flying anymore because of other reasons, like Michael Dell of Dell Computer only flies on corporate jets. Uh, the company won't allow them to fly commercial. Got but it. the majority of people are flying on them. It's a fascinating story. We're going to put a link to it on, on my Facebook page, Rudy Maxa-TV Show. you got to read this piece. It's a fabulous piece by Ken Bensinger. Ken, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Rudy. Bye-bye. We'll be right back here in Rudy Maxa's. We're going to talk about trains. It's uh, National Train Day. Be right back. Rudy Max's World is coming right back. So get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at RudyMaxa.com. Ever wondered what you do if you were seriously sick or injured on a trip? You need On Call International, and joining me is the company's CEO, Mike Kelly. Now, Mike, why is this protection so critical? Medical evacuation in the U.S. or abroad can cost thirty, fifty, or even $100,000 and is rarely covered by major medical plans, including Medicare. On Call International membership protects your health and wallet with services, including evacuation to the hospital of your choice. And right now, you can save 30% off your membership with the code RUDY30 at OnCallInternational.com. And now Geico presents 30 Seconds with Maxwell the Pig. Um, Maxwell, you're on. Cool. And so you just want me to read the script? You don't want me to do the Wii thing? Okay. Today I'm going to talk about the new Geico mobile app and um, how you can manage your policy and get your ID card and customize it with your favorite Geico character. But I'm not yelling Wii or anything because um, they don't want me to, right? Correct. Okay, just saying it's my thing. Everything you love about Geico, now mobile. Download the new Geico app today. participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. 
Well, not only is it Mother's Day weekend, and happy Mother's Day weekend to all mothers out there, it's also National Train Day this weekend. It actually falls each year on the Saturday uh, closest to uh, the 9th or 10th, I think, which is, well, it would be today in this case. Um, as I come to you live on Saturday. It's a holiday that was actually started by Amtrak. I don't think the word holiday is quite right. Started by Amtrak in 2008 to spread information about the advantages of rail travel. It commemorates the uh, joining of the East Coast and West Coast in the 1800s uh, by railroad. And I thought uh, it might be interesting to talk to a person who's been riding the rails for quite a bit. I'm joined by my friend Henry Fortunato. In, uh, he is the Director of uh, Public Affairs with the Kansas City Public Library and a train aficionado for the as long as I've known him. And I've known, oh, Henry for, gosh, at least three decades. Henry, welcome to the show. Hi, Rudy. How are you? Fine. So when I first met you, you had just graduated from Georgetown University, and already you were just taking trains on a whim, weren't you? Just You just wanted to go somewhere, not necessarily to get to that place, but to be on a train. Well, it's true. The, the, the journey um, is always more important than the destination. And in my <laughs> case, uh, I grew up with trains. I mean, I think my dad started building me a model railroad layout a week after I was born. And I grew up on Long Island, and I could, I could walk to the train station. I could be in, in midtown Manhattan in about 45, 50 minutes. I could spend all day there. I could get back home anytime I wanted because there was always a train. And then, you know, in college, uh, I could visit friends in Boston, New Haven, wherever, uh, just, just getting on a train. So, yes, uh, trains have, have, were very important to me. And you are now how old, may I ask? I'm 56. All right. Have you been riding trains as much now as you were in your 20s, 30s, and maybe even 40s? Well, you know, um, uh, I, whenever I can, I, I take a train, and I do it uh, for several reasons. First of all, um, you know, the, the scenery is always more interesting from a train than it is from a plane or from a car. But I think more importantly, uh, what you get on a train is the opportunity for chance encounters with strangers, you know, strangers on a train. Uh, you want to talk to somebody, uh, you just go to the bar car or the dining car, and if you're traveling alone, I mean, they don't give you a table all by yourself. You just get the next available seat. And so suddenly you're talking to somebody you didn't know five minutes ago. And and if you're lucky, and usually you are because the people on trains are self-selected, they're usually phenomenally interesting. So you can have these great conversations. Sometimes if you're on a train for any length of time, like two or three days, and that person is going in the same direction you are, you develop this incredible bond. So I, I think that's a great part about train travel. When was the last time you took a train? The last time I took a train was about uh, five months ago. Um, I live in I live in Kansas now, as you said, and um, I was in uh, a little town in central Kansas called Hutchinson, and um, I had to get back to uh, Kansas City. Okay, you have now watched Amtrak. You all of America knows it struggles. It always loses money, and co politicians are sometimes trying to either cut it, but not on not not in my town. Don't stop stopping in my town. Just stop stopping that other guy's town or stop serving that other guy's town. How has commercial train, train the train system in the United States changed in the, uh, I guess, four decades you've been 
been riding. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I don't want to knock Amtrak. I, I think running a national passenger train system has got to be one of the most challenging jobs in, in the country. Uh, I, I think the problem is they're, they're resource-starved. Uh, we don't want to accept the fact that infrastructure is not supposed to make a profit. It's, it's infrastructure. It's, it's got to be there. Um, but I think, I think in Amtrak's case, their biggest problem is that they only own about 30% of the tracks that they use, which is to say the 70% of the tracks that they, that they don't own, uh, which are owned by what they call host railroads, which means that they're a guest. And sometimes I think they're an unwanted guest. And what that means is that freight trains have priority over passenger trains. And what that means is that sometimes, especially out, out here in the Midwest, the, the rides take a long time. And, you know, you're, you're being pulled off into a siding, and then you wait for the freight train to pass, and you feel like a second-class citizen, but um, uh, I think that's I think that's I think that's the issue with with Amtrak um, because it doesn't own its own rails for the most part. Um, you are you, you, it takes a little it takes a long time sometimes. So delays are common. Well, you know, I mean, I, they have statistics to su su suggest otherwise, and I'm sure that that's reasonably true. Um, but um, when I take a train uh, out here in the Midwest, um, uh, I can expect that it's going to be delayed by at least 30 minutes, sometimes more. And um, that's not so bad if you're on the train, but um, if you're waiting for the train, um, that can be that can be a bit of a pain. I mean, you have to sort of accept it with the spirit that that you're on an adventure. All right. Well, that's the, probably the right way to approach it on National Train Day or Train Weekend. Um, we could obviously have a conversation at great length about why the trains run to the second in Japan and why they run on time in Europe and not here. Uh, but we don't have the time for that. And since we're celebrating National Train Day, Henry, I think you said it right. You know, we do have trains. Um, they work in some places better, like the East Coast, where you used to live, where I did in Washington, D.C. Um, you know, when I called you and asked you to talk with us today, you told me about your extensive walking program. And you said coming up in June is National what? National Trails Day is June 2nd. All right. And uh, that's a day that uh, everybody's supposed to get out and go on a trail and, and take a long walk. All right. I want to talk with you about your extensive walking program when we come to June. Will you be back on with us? I'll be happy to, Rudy. Henry Fortunato is the Director of Public Affairs at the Kansas City Public Library, a lover of train, trains. I'm a lover of travel. We'll be right back. Call now to talk to Rudy Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email the show anytime at info at rudymaxa.com. Rising gas prices taking a bite out of your travel budget? Here's something to chew on. You can get more mileage from your travel dollar by staying at America's Best Value Inn, where you'll enjoy free continental breakfast, internet, and HBO at over 1,000 hotels in North America. Plus, join our free value club for room discounts, upgrades, and other instant rewards. Visit AmericasBestValueInn.com. With value right in our name, you know you're getting a great deal. Yum. I believe I can do anything. So when it came to learning a new language, I knew I had to do it the way I learn. No books, no memorizing or translating. I wanted to learn the same way I learned my first language, naturally. That's why I chose Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone invites you to be a part of its biggest language learning event in history. Because in 2012, we want to help 3 million people learn a new language. That's why we're going to give you an absolutely free demo of our language immersion technology. 
To participate in this free nationwide event, just call 1-800-507-5898. Si yo puedo hacerlo, usted puede hacerlo. If I can do it, you can do it. To participate in this free nationwide event, call now for your free demo from Rosetta Stone. Call 1-800-507-5898. That's 1-800-507-5898. Did you know you could earn a transfer discount just by switching your motorcycle policy over to GEICO? And if you already insure your car with GEICO, you could even get a multi-policy discount. I've always wondered what it's like to ride a motorcycle, to ride my steel horse across the land, fighting crime alongside a tall brunette, Francesca. Sorry, my mind went to a strange place there. Where was I? All the Geico motorcycle discounts. Right. Call Geico or visit geico.com today to see how much our discounts could save you. Ever wondered what you do if you were seriously sick or injured on a trip? You need On Call International, and joining me is the company's CEO, Mike Kelly. Now, Mike, why is this protection so critical? Medical evacuation in the U.S. or abroad can cost thirty, fifty, or even $100,000 and is rarely covered by major medical plans, including Medicare. On Call International membership protects your health and wallet with services, including evacuation to the hospital of your choice. And right now, you can save 30% off your membership with the code RUDY30 at OnCallInternational.com. Does your furnace need repair, your house need cleaning, or maybe you're ready to update your kitchen or bath, big or small? Whatever your home improvement needs, log on to homebuild411.servicemagic.com. Service Magic is a free online resource with instant access to top-rated remodelers, maids, handyman roofers, and many other home contractors. Go to homebuild411.servicemagic.com. It's quick, it's free, and there's no obligation. Visit homebuild411.servicemagic.com. Got a question or comment? Need advice? Jump on board now by calling the show at 800-387-8025 or visit the show anytime at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Max's World. It's 43 minutes after the hour. If you're a regular listener to Rudy Max's World, you know Scott McCartney. He's one of our favorite guests. He's the middle seat columnist with the Wall Street Journal. You can read his writings Thursday in the journal. And he had a fascinating piece the other day on what happens when you leave your iPad, or for that matter, a smartphone, on an airline. I have left my phone on airlines several times. Sometimes I've gotten it back. Sometimes I haven't. But when you're talking iPads, you're talking $600. You're talking a big thing. Scott, welcome to the show. How to, Nice to have you back. Good um, to be with you, Rudy. You know, it's it might be for someone who doesn't, for folks who might be listening who don't fly often, hard to imagine leaving an iPad on a phone. I mean, it's you know, it's a good sized thing. It's like a, it's it's a big compared to a phone. It's quite large and it's heavy. How do you lose a? How do you leave one on a plane? You know, I think a lot of it is because it's just not top of mind when you're when you're uh, scurrying to get off the airplane. Um, we go for our phones and Blackberries because we want to check the latest messages and things like that. Uh, when the flight when it when the bell dings and you can use your your phone, uh, that's what you go for. Um, sometimes in those seat back pockets, things uh, slump down. Sometimes you know there's trash in there and other things. Uh, you don't go go checking for it. Um, sometimes it's your kid uh, who's been you know, playing or watching with the with the iPad and uh, and and just forgets it. I heard from lots and lots of people who, uh, you know, figured out uh, some somewhere down the road that uh, that they uh, hurried off the airplane and and left it in the pocket. In fact, you talked to a couple uh, airlines who told you how many people have left iPads behind, haven't didn't you? 
Yeah, yeah, it's really quite amazing. I mean, there are hundreds of iPads sitting in airline warehouses right now, uh, unclaimed. Um, some of them, uh, Virgin America, small airline, uh, ends up donating uh, one or two uh, iPads each month to a to a local charity. Um, it, it's uh, it's uh, kind of amazingly difficult to reunite, reunite an iPad um, with an owner. Uh, you know, it has a Find My iPad feature, but that doesn't work if you have the thing in airplane mode. It has to be connected to uh, to a wireless or um, or Wi-Fi network. Um, it's, if it's uh, password protected, it's hard for the airline to get in. Uh, it's uh, uh, really been quite uh, frustrating for, for airlines to try and get these back to owners. Why don't more of us affix our contact information, you know, just with, if it's a business card with a piece of tape on the back of one of these things? Why don't, why don't more of us do that? We don't even, I don't even do it on my cell phone. I keep swearing I'm going to. Yeah. Well, well, cell phones are a bit easier because, you, you, you know, you can look at the last number dialed or something or people put in, you know, in case of emergency information on it or, or, or things like that. I mean, I think there have been plenty of people who have, Gotten phone calls. Hey, I found this phone. Uh, oh, sure. gee, it must must have been my brother. You know, something like that. Um, it's, it's a lot harder to do with the iPad. I I don't know why people. You know, they look at it as uh, well. I'm, I'm never going to lose it, or I don't want my uh, contact information visible, or something. But uh, put, taping your business card to the back of the of the iPad is a is a really smart thing to do. Uh, some people actually take a photograph of business card and make it their screensaver, so that uh, when the, uh, if the airline finds it, powers it up, um, they can they can see that without having to go through the password protection. Um, there are all kinds of you know uh, uh, Apple will etch information on the back of an iPad. Uh, sometimes um, you know Happy Birthday Love Mom has has been enough of an identifying factor to to help re- reunite an iPad. Um, but you can certainly, um, you know, have your uh, business office phone or your email address etched on the on the back of it when you buy it. Excellent idea. I, I know people think, well, gee, if if it's left in 23B, why can't the airline just call you? And of course, the fact of it is, a plane goes to multiple destinations in the course of a, a day, and maybe it was left in the back of the seat in front of 23B, but that doesn't mean it was on that leg of the flight. Somebody could have left it two flights earlier, that sort of thing. So it's not as easy as some folks might think to reunite a passenger with an electronic device left behind. True enough? Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Um, and there are, um, there are lots of instances where uh, uh, airlines do um, find people based on seat numbers. Um, if it's found right away, and, and if there's contact information for the passenger on file with the airline, um, sometimes that, that doesn't happen. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, I did talk to a, a few people who, um, you know, on the way home from the airport even got an email from the airline, uh, did you leave anything behind? And all of a sudden they go, oh, no, it was my iPad. And so they call and, um, you know, identify uh, the iPad and everyone's happy. Uh, but um, the, the, the problem, uh, as you said, is um, sometimes uh, 23B just doesn't match up with the right passenger. Well, I think the takeaway is etch your name and contact information or at least tape your business card to your electronic devices that you might leave on a plane. Scott, nice talking to you as always. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, Rudy. Scott McCartney, middle columnist, middle seat columnist with the Wall Street Journal. Rudy Max's world phone lines are open now, so call us at 800-387-8025. We'll be back after these messages. 
This segment of Rudy Max's World is brought to you by Service Magic. Now you can hire pre-screened home pros with confidence for repairs, remodeling, plumbing needs, maid services, and so much more. Visit www.homebuild411.servicemagic.com. That's homebuild411.servicemagic.com. It's about 52 minutes after the hour here in Rudy Max's World. Happy Mother's Day. I know I said it a little earlier in the show. I probably should have said it at the the, uh, top. If you are celebrating with your mom this weekend, I hope um, hope the subject of travel comes up and uh, that you might be able to take a mom trip. Nothing better than a a mom-daughter, mom-son, or, well, any trip as far as I'm concerned is is terrific if it ends well and goes well. Got a couple deals a week here for you. Don't hit the sounder yet. I want to do a couple news items, too, that I didn't have time for. Uh, the Bureau of Transportation Statistics ranked the 10 worst U.S. airports for on-time arrivals in 2011. What do you think they were? These are the airports that had uh, had the highest number of late departures and the poorest number of on-time arrivals. So let's start with the number 10, work up to number 1. Number 10 was the Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport. Number 9 was Washington Dulles. Number eight was its sister airport, Ronald Reagan Washington International Airport, DCA, followed by Philadelphia, followed by O'Hare, JFK at number five. I thought that would be a little higher, frankly. Boston Logan at number four, blame it on weather. LaGuardia at number three, blame it on a whole lot of flights. And number two, San Francisco, blame that on a lot of morning fog. And the number one worst U.S. airport for on-time arrivals in uh, 2011 Newark Liberty International Airport. Newark. A full one-third of flights are late. Now, the uh, government calls a late flight a a flight that lands or takes off more than 15 minutes after its departure time. So this isn't one minute late, two minutes late, ten minutes late. It's more than 15 minutes late. Just think. You fly in and out of Newark, you got a one-in-three chance of being delayed longer than 15 minutes. Ugh. Terrible. The only uh, interesting, the only West Coast airport was San Francisco, and that's only due to fog. All the others are all the others on this list are East Coast airports. I guess it's the most congested part of the uh, skyways, so that makes sense. United Airlines changed its mind this week and lifted a ban on nine breeds of dogs it said it would not transport, including pit bulls. Pit bulls are now welcome again on United Airlines, or at least uh, uh, in their cargo hold. Uh, Customers mounted an online petition protesting United's move that was announced early in March. Uh, The petitioner was change.org, and it recorded nearly 46,000 signatures from folks who thought the airline was being arbitrary in its decision-making. However, the previously banned breeds must be transported in reinforced crates. Call United if there's any question in your mind whether your dog can fly with you or not. And W Hotels announced plans to build a new W in Dubai on that, you know, that artificial island that's shaped, well, it's a whole series of islands that if you look from space down on it, it's shaped like a palm tree. Well, that's where the new W is going to be. It's set to open in 2016. And W execs say this is just the beginning of new W Hotels in other cities in the United Arab Emirates. Starwood, which owns the W brand, operates 15 hotels in Dubai alone. That represents the largest concentration of Starwood Hotels outside of New York City. Amazing. Amazing. All right, let's uh, hit the sounder, do a couple deals here, Jeff. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. That huge cash register must take a lot of space up on Jeff's uh, control board there. Um, well, you know, it's it's the end of the season in Florida, so the deals are coming. And here are a couple of hotels that charge a whole lot of money 
when it's cold elsewhere in the United States, but really drop their, their prices significantly. In downtown Palm Beach is the Chesterfield Hotel. It's a very elegant four-star boutique hotel. It's just steps off Worth Avenue in the ocean. It's got 52 guest rooms. It's got a little, little tiny courtyard where you can dine al fresco. Very nice little place right in Palm Beach. So you can, uh, uh, you can watch the rich folks walk up and down Worth Avenue. Uh, not far from your hotel, presuming they're there when the heat is on, which is now. Their special summer rates begin at $158 for a Superior Queen room, $192 for a Deluxe King. $158 for a room at the Chesterfield is is crazy. You certainly wouldn't find that in the uh, during high season. You've got to use the promo code CHESTERFL for Florida. CHESTERFL if you book online. Uh, taxes are not included in that price, as I just mentioned, and tips are not included either. And just down the road from uh, the Chesterfield, just outside of Palm Beach, but still within the, the town limits, the Breakers. That's the legendary hotel in Palm Beach. You've seen postcards and pictures of it. It's a huge hotel, very elegant, old world, or European-style hotel. They've got a series of deals between June 1st and November 17th. So Chesterfield Hotel starts now, I believe. The Breakers doesn't start till June 1st. They're going to give you up to $400 in extras with your room reservation, including continental breakfast uh, for two. Spawn for free spawn fitness ad admissions, kids meals free, kids day camp free, unlimited tennis and fitness classes, Wi-Fi and local calls. You can find out more details at thebreakers.com. And room rates on June 1st through September 30th start at 289 Sunday through Thursday, 369 on weekends. That would be Friday and Saturday. So 289 at the Breakers, uh, 158 at uh, the Chesterfield. And I should have mentioned that the Chesterfield deal includes continental breakfast for two, free valet parking. And free Wi-Fi. Remiss in not saying that. So Chesterfield Hotel in Palm Beach, 158 a night uh, beginning now for a boutique hotel in town. If you want to be right on the beach in a grand old European-style elegant hotel, choose the Breakers beginning June 1st, where rooms begin at 289 Sunday through Thursday, and they'll throw in a whole bunch of extras, including your breakfast and uh, kids' day camp and unlimited tennis, etc. I'll have more deals for you coming up in the next hour. If your station is leaving us this hour, we'll see you again here next weekend. Again, have a lovely Mother's Day weekend. If your station is joining us, as most of ours do for our second hour, stick around about six minutes after the news and some uh, spots. We'll be right back. You've been listening to Rudy Max's World. And as always, you're hearing must-hear radio on the SSI Radio Network.